Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and m and in Canada. My name is Mario Negri, and I'm a partner in the Private Equity and m and Group at Stackman Alley. For today's podcast, I'd like to introduce Eric Castonguig. Eric is the national leader at PwC's Corporate Finance Group. Eric, thank you for joining us and welcome. Thanks, Mario, and thanks for inviting me to the podcast. I'm Eric Castonguay. I've been an M&A advisor for over 25 years, and Mario, I think I've known you for most of those. So I have the pleasure of being the national leader of PwC Corporate Finance. That's our mid-market investment banking group at PwC. So my team consists of over 70 lead advisors. We work across all major industries and all major geographies in Canada. Typically, it's a fairly busy practice. We usually have around 80 lead M&A deals kind of on the go at any one time. And this has remained really consistent over the past few years. So despite what you read in the media, in the mid-market at least, we really haven't seen a downturn in our business. You're a true blue mid-market guy. I've known you a long time. You've been true to the space. You know, and I want to talk a little bit more about where we're at right now with all these macro forces around us. Have you seen downturn at all? I mean, you sound like you haven't, but I want to drill down on it if I could. I think the best way to answer the question is in the mid-market, we haven't, Mario. And I think the best way to understand it is to look at the three main market participants in mid-market. So you've got your strategic acquirers, you've got your private equity funds, and you've got your private businesses, which at times can also be strategic acquirers. So starting first with strategics, I think one of our best reads on the market sentiment for strategics is the PwC Global CEO Survey. We just completed our 26th annual survey, and it illustrates that while 76% of Canadian CEOs are pessimistic about growth, 74% of them are at least moderately confident about their own organization's prospects over the next 12 months. So it's interesting. For what they know best, which is their own business, they're at least moderately confident. But for something that's a little harder to get your hands around, like the global economic outlook, they're a lot more pessimistic. So I found that an interesting survey result. What I found even more interesting was that 39% of CEOs believe that their company will no longer be economically viable a decade from now if they continue on their current path. So this is unprecedented. I don't think you'd ever get a result like this in the past. And I think it's really reflective of this unprecedented period of change we're in. Whether it's technology disruption, whether it's the shifting of supply chains we've seen through COVID, whether it's changing in demographics or consumer preferences, all businesses are really going through transformation and transition right now. You know, I can tell you, like, your business, Mario, in 10 years is going to look a lot different than it does today, and so will mine. I think this need to transform is really driving M&A. And the survey result, 54% of Canadian CEOs aren't planning to delay deals on account of the economy. And I think the reason for that is strategic M&A is frankly one of the easiest ways and quickest ways to transform a business in this time. Some of the most strategic, most interesting deals I've worked on are when companies buy highly strategic mid-market companies that either provide some technology enablement to a mature business or expansion into an adjacent market. And we're seeing a lot of interest from our corporate clients on this that are looking to really expand either product or service suites. And it really isn't growth for the sake of growth. I guess the other thing, just to close out on strategics, we're seeing a lot more portfolio reviews, which not surprisingly, at an economic inflection point, CEOs and boards tend to like to do. What's coming out of these is the big serial acquirers who do lots and lots of deals 
typically every business they buy has a piece that isn't really strategic, but comes with the deal. We're seeing more of them take action on these to get closer to core focus. So we're seeing more carve outs. We're also seeing more companies develop strategic core acquisition programs to really double down. So, you know, we are still seeing a lot of M&A interest and M&A activity. I want to pivot to private equity if we could. I'm obviously still busy. Private equity firms are still active. PwC does a lot of work with private equity firms on multiple sides, both selling to them and working with them. Are you seeing them as active as I'm seeing them in this market? Even though we talk about, obviously, a little bit of a tougher time to get financing for some of these larger deals, but in the middle market, they seem to be full steam ahead and they're really active. What do you get a sense of what you're seeing on the private equity side? Yeah, no, happy to do that. That's the world you live in. Everyone in mid-market private equity knows who you are. You're very active in the space. I tell you from our experience in mid-market private equity, 2021 was an absolutely frenetic year for M&A activity. A lot of PE funds raised new capital on the back of that. You've probably heard many times people talking about dry powder, but there's a lot of dry powder in mid-market. And the way the industry works is the funds have a certain amount of time to deploy it. It's not that they have to deploy it right away, but they can't sit on the sidelines forever and they need to deploy the capital. You know, that really means in this environment, having an investment thesis and a value creation angle is like more important than ever. So specific to the mid-market, I would say valuations are still strong for high quality companies. But as you mentioned, Mario, the financing markets are more expensive and tighter. So we are seeing more structure, more earnouts on PE deals that we wouldn't have seen a year ago, particularly in the mid-market. And for buyers and sellers, that means you really need to be careful on the mechanism and how that's drafted and the agreements and having good legal counsel and good accounting advice. Just because contingent consideration this year, usually a frequent cause of subsequent disputes. And I think we'll be seeing more of that in the future. But, you know, that said, given COVID and some of the variability in companies' performance, you know, either the sugar rush type of performance of e-commerce or the recovery that companies in hospitality are coming, like oftentimes earnouts and structures are the way you need to bridge the gap right now. If I could build on that, Eric, you have a national group. You see a lot of activity across the country. How often are you seeing in this environment private equity firms participate? Are they the majority of your buyers at the table? I'm curious to your perspective in this market. Where are you seeing them? How often are you seeing them? How active are they in your deal flow right now? What's interesting is they are all participating. Probably about rough numbers, half of the businesses we sell go to private equity. I think what's changed is private equity funds are tending to opt out of deals earlier where they don't think they have an angle, where they don't know the industry, don't have a thesis, don't have experience. They tend not to go along for the ride, whereas years past, they might have. So, you know, on the processes we run where private equity is active and engaged, they typically are almost quasi-strategic buyers. The best ones really know industry well in the spaces they play. Eric, I want to spend some time talking about entrepreneurs and sellers, because uh, ultimately, if we're busy, it's because sellers are still out there willing to sell their companies, willing to go through a process, and obviously willing to engage you. What I've noticed, you know, you and I were there in 08. We were there in 2002. (laughs) But anyway, I've noticed that they're not on the sidelines. They are still engaged in the sense that they're interested in selling and they're a lot of them going to processes. 
particularly in the mid-market. And I wanted to get a sense from you what you're seeing from sellers and what's motivating, what's driving, what's the kind of perspectives that you're seeing from that in this kind of market. Hey, for both of us, it's a good thing because, I mean, Canada's a middle market economy. Private companies account for about 70% of Canadian jobs, two-thirds of Canada's GDP. It's a big part of our economy. And in the private company space where we operate a lot, M&A is still robust, and it's being driven by really three factors that we see quite often in almost deals. I think the first is demographics. It's no secret. Canada has an aging population, and the baby boomer generation are in the process of the greatest wealth transfer ever. We run a survey called Once in a Lifetime. It's a program we have, and it indicates that 70% of Canadian business owners are planning to either sell or transfer their business to the next generation over the next several years. So that's a transition of like over 800,000 businesses. So demographics itself is driving a lot of mid-market M&A. Second big driver is valuation. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and after the credit crisis in 08, it was hard to sell a good business at a reasonable valuation. While valuations have decreased relative to last year due to the rising interest rates, as you mentioned, and concerns over the economy, the valuations for good businesses are still attractive by historical norms. And I think this is largely due to the competition from strategic and PE buyers who are really driven to focus to continue to do deals. So there are willing buyers for good businesses. Well, kind of the last point, you know, we've noticed, and it's really pandemic driven, is a change in attitude for many of our private clients. The pandemic caused a lot of people to reconsider what's important in life. So you don't really think of a life without travel until you're unable to do so. Some of our clients are reprioritizing what's important to them, whether it's travel, time with family. And I think coupled with reasonable valuation that are obtained in the market, it's causing a lot of entrepreneurs to follow through with succession and monetization plans, notwithstanding the economic headwinds we all read about. Eric, I wanted to break down a bit of the activity from the sectors that you see when it comes to owners going to market. Is there any industries you see that are well-suited to this time in your processes? Obviously, tech has been affected a lot by what's going on, and we obviously see a little bit of the less on the tech side, but are there any industries you say this is a good market for? You're seeing more owners come to the table saying, hey, this is a good time for me to sell. For whatever reason, I'm getting sense of you on, on industries or sectors that are attractive in this kind of market. Yeah, it's interesting. And as I said, we've got about 80 deals on the go right now across the country. I would say most sectors, I think if you have a quality business, there is going to be interest. Regardless of what sector you're in, I think certain sectors like early tech that is in cash flow neutral or positive, those are challenging sectors. But again, if it's a really good company in that sector, I think it's still actionable. I think we're in a market right now where quality is highly demanded. Good quality businesses are going to attract interest from industry. I always ask your guests a crystal ball question. Given what you do, I'm particularly interested in your answer to this question. <laughs> uh, you're going to put me on the spot for eternity <laughs> with this thing. People were talking about the impact of these interest rates starting to hit us and some of these macro forces really starting to take the fact now. And fortunately, inflation may be calming down. So maybe there's some good news there, but maybe give us a perspective on your pipeline, what you're seeing on the ground in terms of activity and then what you're expecting to see for the next six, 12 months, and also where you think, given where you are, where you think things are going and what you're looking out for at PwC. Yeah, so I think we're continuing to see new opportunities. 
We're continuing to close deals, although diligence takes a bit longer and is a bit more challenging. So I think 2023 is going to be a reasonable year, particularly if you base it on historical norms and consider 2021 as an anomaly, which it clearly was, right? Like if you look at 2022 for Canadian deal volumes, they were largely in line with 2018, 2019. And back then, I don't remember anyone saying those were weak M&A markets. So I think we're back to what prior to 2021 would be considered a fairly good M&A market, particularly in mid-market, which is a bit different than the multi-billion dollar leverage deals. So we've seen a pickup in distressed M&A, but so far it really hasn't come at the expense of the traditional succession-driven exits that we do. So there's enough willing and motivated buyers in the market that I think good, well-run companies are going to continue to see lots of interest in its acquisition targets. I want to build on that. One of the things that I find fascinating about the current market is the fact that we talked earlier about owners are still out there willing to sell. And it sounds from your perspective and your conversations with owners, these macro forces are not really playing any kind of a key role in the decision-making. It's all tied to their business itself. Is that the sense you're getting even with all this macro discussion going on around us? Yeah, I think when you drill right down to a company and its outlook and its prospects, if it's a good business and the owners have realistic expectations of value, it's very actionable in this market. And, you know, I think we all have to be careful not to get too caught up in the news because what we're seeing in our business, which spans the country, is you can still get good deals done in the mid-market. Eric, I wanted to thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. You're a deal stalwart. You've been doing this a long time. And, you know, obviously hearing you talk about the market gives me some confidence that I'll be somewhere to do next year. Mario, I think you're going to be very busy. So thank you again for having me on the podcast. I've greatly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for providing your perspective for us.